you by P4P Muscle Productions and Entertainment, the number one drug-free athlete sponsorship foundation in the world. Now, I want you to grab a friend, turn the volume up a bit, lean in, and listen to the show where all the athletes want to talk. Fit Talk with Melinda Corsino. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fit Talk with Melinda. This show is brought to you by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you're interested in learning more about P4P Muscle or the drug-free lifestyle, check out their website at www.p4pmuscle.com. My code is Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, for 15% off anything on their website. Let's get right into it tonight. I'm excited to do another powerlifting show. We've done some spurts here or there, but I've never, since probably a year and a half ago, I have not had another female powerlifter on the show. It's been all males or coaches. Tonight we're bringing on Courtney Tedesco. She is a USAPL nationally ranked lifter. She was at the Arnold's this year, which is an amazing feat. We'll get into how she qualified a little bit later on. Welcome, Courtney, to the show, and I'm going to have her give a quick introduction to herself before we get the show on the road. So, Courtney, take it away and tell us a little bit about you. Hi, guys. Uh, My name is Courtney Tedesco. I compete in powerlifting right now in the 57 kg weight class in USAPL. Um, I live in Buffalo, New York with my boyfriend and four dogs, and I am an operations manager with LA Fitness. Awesome. I'm excited to have you on. So uh, people listening in that want to know, how the heck did I get Courtney on the show and how do I know Courtney? Well, Courtney and I competed together back in 2016 at a New Hampshire state powerlifting meet. Um, And that went really well. That was fun. And that's how I knew who she was. And then, and she did very well at that meet, by the way. And then she kind of skyrocketed from there and your numbers like completely went off the charts when I saw you at Raw National. So why don't we start by you telling us how you got into strength training to begin with? Because I know it wasn't something you had a lot of experience in in the past. Right. So when I was in high school, I went to the gym a little bit. Um, I played soccer and basketball. I did track for one season. Um, And then after that, after high school, I actually really got into running when I was in college. And I started doing 5Ks, and I did a couple half marathons and a full marathon, which was really hard. (laughs) That was a lot of work. Um, And then after that, I kind of didn't do much for a little while. Um, And I started getting back into fitness a couple years later. Um, Ended up starting to work at LA Fitness, actually, and started to get more into lifting And at first I was just enjoying weight training and then, you know, you're in a different atmosphere where some people, you know, they're competing in CrossFit or they're doing shows and eventually I heard about powerlifting. So I kind of just watched everything to see maybe what I would be most interested in and then I was kind of trying to decide between maybe doing a show or powerlifting and I thankfully decided on powerlifting. (laughs) So. That's a good choice. It's funny how so many people that I have on the show have similar paths to how they got to where they are. Like I was athletic in college and then I started running as well. And I Mm -hmm. ran only half marathons. Thank God, never a full marathon. I don't even know if my knees could handle that. 
And then I did <laughs> bodybuilding shows, then got into CrossFit, and then got into powerlifting. So it's funny how, like, these different paths go for everyone. But tell right. us about your first meet that you had. How did that go? And then what kind of made you take powerlifting more seriously? Uh, my first meet was interesting. I was hoping to compete as a 57. Um, I was in the 63 weight class comfortably, but I really wanted to lose some weight. So we planned on doing 57, and my weight cut wasn't going very well. And then a couple of weeks before the meet, I really had to drop a lot of weight. Um, so, you know, pretty much anything kind of unhealthy that <laughs> – people do to try to lose weight yeah. I was trying to do ended up yeah. missing my weight by I don't know half a pound or a pound or something like that so I ended up competing yeah. as a 63 anyway um so my numbers weren't that great um not what I was anticipating because of the weight cut but I did all right and after that I actually decided to just compete as a 63 and just get strong there um so after that, that really kind of fueled my fire after failing to get to 57 and then being comfortable with being a 63. Um, and then I was just comfortable there and could really train there healthily um, and kind of went from there and then went to nationals my first time as a 63 where I, I did pretty well. Yeah, and I, I think the com competition that we were at together, the meet that we were at together, you were a 57 qualifying for raw nationals in in 16, I believe. And you competed at raw nationals at 57 in 16. And then you did that in um, this year. Well, this past year as well. But what I really want to hone in on is your, your 2017 raw nationals, because you mm -hmm. came in not um, ranked because your numbers right. as far as how you how you qualified to get there in unranked and you ended up placing in the top 10. So how was your training throughout the year? Did you expect to come out in the top 10? Like what was the goal going into Raw Nationals in 2017? So in 2017, the, actually the meet that we did together was in January, and that was the first time I actually competed as a 57 Um I was hoping to honestly have similar numbers to what I had as a 63 at nationals in 2016 because of my weight cut. Um, and I, I think they were actually pretty close, maybe 10 pounds lower than what I got at nationals a few months prior. And then my goal after that was to try to train closer to my weight class. So I stayed about five pounds or so above it. Um, and then I was able to get stronger at a lighter weight. So I was going backwards a little bit because I was lighter. Um, but once my body really got comfortable training at a lighter weight, my strength started to come back. So I would say probably by July or August of 2017, when my body was really comfortable at being around 130 and only having to lose about five pounds or so, um, I was really able to put on some strength in that time four nationals where I ended up doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you did very well. I think we were talking before the show. I was at nationals too, so I know where Courtney's placed because we were on, I think, <laughs> the same platform. Um, yeah, where we she were. placed seventh at Royal Nationals. 
Yeah, which is amazing for people listening in that, that don't understand that. To qualify in, let's say, January with specific numbers and go in unranked, like usually within the rankings, you're going to fall somewhere within your ranking. You might go up and down a few places based on your performance of the day. You know, some people get nervous. Some people, you know, will fail lifts. But usually people, you know, that go in top 10 will place relatively there. And Courtney was not ranked in the top 10 and ended up placing seventh, which is a feat in itself. And that then qualifies you to go to the Arnolds, which why don't you explain that process? Like what did your numbers need to be to get to the Arnolds? And then, you know, what is the Arnolds for people that don't know what the Arnolds is? Sure. So for, for raw nationals, you do have to qualify um, with a certain Wilk score in your weight class. You have to have a certain total, um, not Wilk score, you have to have a certain total to be able to compete at um, nationals. And then after nationals, to be able to qualify for the Arnold, um, for the amateur meet, you have to have a Wilk score. Last year, it was, I believe, over 420. Um, and then the pros, I believe, were over 460 so at nationals my wilt score I think was about 441 so that's how I was able to qualify um for the amateur meet at the Arnold yeah and that and how did the amateur meet at the Arnold go for you um it went okay not as I didn't get as high of numbers as I was hoping for um coming out of nationals I really just didn't have a good training cycle. I don't really have any reason for it. Um, I just really wasn't feeling strong for some reason. I had a lot of pretty crappy workouts. Um, My lower back started to bother me. So it just, everything kind of started piling on top of each other. So the closer I got to the Arnold, I was actually really just hoping that my numbers would stay similar to what they were at nationals. Um, and they actually mm-hmm. ended up being about that. My bench was a little bit lower. Um, I did PR on my deadlift about six pounds or so at that in that weight class. So, I mean, I was happy with that. And just with how my training cycle went, I was just glad that I was able to maintain the same numbers. Yeah. I, I know how injuries go. And I remember doing a meet back at the big, like 2017, right after we had competed together. And I was literally just hoping not to fail out of the meet because everything was like, I had just gone on vacation. (laughs) My back was so locked up. I'm like, I don't even care how I place. I don't even care how my numbers are. I literally don't want to bomb out of the meet because that's how bad things were feeling. And for people that Mm -hmm. haven't been on the platform before, like anything could happen. Getting on the platform is different than when you're training in a gym. Like there's a reason why you have gym PRs and you have meat PRs. (laughs) Right. Gym PRs are so much higher than, (laughs) not so much higher, but they're definitely higher than my meat PRs for sure. Yeah. It's a a totally different thing. I think some people, I don't get nervous. I get like the jitters right before the meet itself starts but once we start I don't actually get nervous on the platform we look like blank out everything Mm -hmm. you get nervous jittery does it affect you when you get up there I start to get nervous you know the closer we get to the start of the meet um and my first squat I'm just nervous before that but then as soon as I'm done the rest of the meet is really easy for me it kind of it feels like training 
Um, so it's just that first lift that really is kind of a little nerve wracking for me, but then after that, I'm good. Yeah, it's definitely, I think the first time I competed, I was nervous practically throughout the entire meet, but that's also because I went in with no coaching at all. I went by myself, but that's another mm-hmm. thing to touch on is having coaches there with you, which is an experience that I hadn't had until the meet, until Raw Nationals in 17. I had never mm-hmm. had a coach with me at a meet. I have coached myself uh, through all of my meets. So it was an experience for me going to a meet and actually having a coach that was taking care of things for me and, like, doing things for mm-hmm. me was completely weird. How does that work for you? Like, I've seen you there with coaches. Like, who are your coaches? How's that going? <laughs> um, so I I have always had someone there with me. Um, my first couple of meets, I was training with someone who owns a gym here in Buffalo. We actually went to high school together. Um, so I started my powerlifting career with him. Um, very helpful during meets, very supportive. Um, he, You know, it's nice to have someone to – call your numbers for you and 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 push you when you feel like maybe you can't do something I think sometimes we underestimate ourselves um and you know when you're training with someone they know what you're capable of especially in a setting like that so that I think is nice um I I did end up switching gyms last year um and my boyfriend actually helped me at nationals I do have a coach who does my programming and my nutrition um, but he is out of Georgia, so he's not in person with me, but very supportive, um, you know, from a distance. But otherwise, my boyfriend, Zach, actually has helped me during meets, and um, that's going pretty well. There's also another guy in Buffalo who partially owns the gym that I go to, and he actually helped me at the Arnold, and he he was great. He helped me call my numbers. He helped load everything for me. So it's really nice to have that support so you just don't have to worry about it. It is huge. I would recommend to anyone that's interested in getting into powerlifting to have a coach there with you. It makes all the difference. I wish I kind of knew that going into it. I think I'd be at a different spot than I am today if I had actually had real programming and someone there to support me and help with my numbers and take away that like extra stuff that you need to think about during a meet that you don't want to be thinking about. Definitely. A exactly. Um, and actually with that really being said, the, that you and I did together, we were really neck and neck. Um, I mean, our, our, when we weighed in, our weights were so close and then our numbers throughout the entire meet were so close. Um, our deadlift ended up being, like two and a half kg or five kg different or something. But my coach, and this is one thing that I love about having someone, I do not want to worry about what other people are doing. I want them to tell me what to do so I can succeed. I don't want to worry about numbers, Wilk scores, my placing. I want them to do it so I can, you know, do as well as I can. So you and I kept changing our numbers during that meet, but it was, it was awesome to have a competition like that. And it was nice to have a coach there to do that part for me because I didn't want to think, I just wanted to go out and lift. I, and I didn't have a coach there. So I was not only lifting, but then having to watch what your coaches did the entire time 
And right. uh, some people listening in are probably like, what the heck are they talking about? So let me explain in like a minute <laughs> to make it simple. Powerlifting meet is squat, bench, and deadlift. You have three chances at each lift in your total. It, you know, the person with the highest total wins. But if you tie someone, the tiebreaker is your Wilkes score, which is a combination of your total and your weight and your age, but age isn't a factor if you're not a master's or youth, so it didn't matter for us. Courtney and I were so close that we came down to our third and final deadlift, which you're allowed to change two times. So when you start a powerlifting meet, you have to declare your openers for all of your lifts. And after you hit your first lift or don't hit your first lift, you have to then go to the table and you have, I believe, 60 seconds to declare what your next lift is going to be. On your final deadlift, you are allowed to change it two times. And that's what we had to keep doing. But, of course, Courtney had her coaches there doing it for her, like calculating all the numbers to, like, how could she beat me? And then, unfortunately, I was doing that all on my phone (laughs) in my head while her coaches were doing it for her, which is, I wish I had coaches there doing it for me. And I kept having to like go to the table and try to like spy on her coaches to see what they were doing. And it came down to the final deadlift where I ended up PRing my deadlift like significantly. I think I, I gym PR'd at a meet by like 20 pounds or like 15 pounds. It was something I had like never done before, which was awesome because a lot of times when you're at like a national level with lifting, when you go to local meets, you don't always have extremely good competition. And that's not a bad thing or a good right. thing. That's not, I'm not knocking anyone. You just don't have the same competition that you're going to have at like, let's say nationals or regionals. So having Courtney there was the first time I had really had a like strong competition at a meet before. And I'm like a decent, I'm like a middle of the line nationals lifter. Like I placed right in the middle both years. I'm not a top 10, maybe one day, but it's really awesome when you get to a meet where you have someone that you're battling back and forth with because you end up improving yourself. It's not really about, I didn't Mm -hmm. really care. I mean, I like coming in first. That's awesome. But I cared more about getting the best total that I could get versus trying to beat Courtney's score. So right. that was like a really short version of how the meets, how the meets go. <laughs> but let's touch on nutrition for a little bit because training under what you go on the platform with is not something that I have had to deal with. I am a 57 kilo lifter. I train below 57 kilos consistently. I don't really go above that. I tried to cut my first meet ever. I can sympathize with you. I tried to cut to 52s. And I missed it by less than a half a pound. And then after that, Mm -hmm. I said, I'm never, ever going to do that again. That's miserable. That's not where my body wants to be. I'm not bodybuilding anymore. So I'm just going to go 57s and get strong there. But I haven't, I train under. So I don't know what that feels like. Like, How does that truly impact your lift with having to cut weight? And how has having having a nutrition coach helped you through that process? So, I cut from a 63 to a 57 for competing because my first time at nationals, I competed as a 63. Um, and I came, so they do two sessions. The prime time is in the evening and then your session is either in the morning or in the afternoon. And there was a ton of people in the 63 weight class. And I, I came in, I don't know, 
maybe around 20 during the day. And then after all the primetime people went, I was probably in the 30s somewhere. And I had had a really good meet, but the 63s were just so good and competitive. You know, I was like, if I want to be competitive, I need to try to drop down to a 57. Um, So that was the goal. Um, I definitely needed some help. Um, I, I have like some nutrition background, you know, I've done a lot of, of reading, but it's different when someone's telling you to do it and holding you accountable than doing it for yourself. And that is one thing I think a lot of people struggle with is eating. You know, I have no problem going to the gym, giving a hundred percent during my workouts, but I love food and that was something I needed help with. So when I hired my nutrition coach, it's like I knew what to do, but he just helped hold me so much more accountable. And like, I wanted to do it for me to do it for him, you know, to make him proud that I was making progress and stuff and, you know, to get to be a 57. So the first meet going in as a 57, it was tough. I had to lose probably four or five pounds in a month. Um, which might not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but when you're smaller, you know, that could be 5, 10, 15% of your mass, which is a lot. And that was tough. And that's part of why my first time, my numbers weren't awesome. And I didn't want to cut down to that again until nationals because it was going to be hard. So I tried to get my strength up as much as I possibly could, but it's tough when you're cutting it. Your workouts aren't the same. You can't, do as much. Um, I know, you know, for powerlifting, people do a lot of different workouts based off of percentages or triples or singles, doubles. Um, But I really had to cut back on volume, heavy days. You know, I maybe would only do a couple singles or a couple doubles and maybe not at super heavy weight because my body just couldn't do it because I wasn't feeding it enough. Um, But as time went on and I was able to keep my body weight lower it didn't have quite that effect on me so now when I only I kind of hang out around 130 so it's not too bad at this point to have to drop three to five pounds I can do that in about a month just by cutting some calories or doing fasted cardio that has actually helped me a lot Um, so I kind of hold back on cardio until I need to start dropping and fasted cardio really helps to take that weight off and just paying attention to what you're eating, not eating things that, you know, makes you a little bit bloated, um, nothing super salty that'll have you hold on to water weight and stuff like that. So having a nutritionist for me has helped me so much. Uh, yeah, and for people listening, being smaller and dropping weight is, is so much, I think, a lot harder when you don't have a ton to lose in the first place. Everyone's bodies mm-hmm. are differently. Everyone's bodies carry weight differently. And when, especially when you're very muscular, <laughs> I, I have a, a very, very tough time dropping weight um, for sure. And I can sympathize with that. Thankfully I don't have to for competitions, but I have to watch myself coming up to a competition. I don't have to really drop, but it is, it's a constant process. I do, I track everything I eat constantly every single day, even on vacation. Um, for me, cart, like running helps drop weight off for me. So coming up to a competition when I'm lifting less anyway, a meet, I mean, uh, I will run 
and that always helps me make sure that I'm like under, I usually weigh in, in the low 56s or high 55s and I'm comfortable there. And I get super nervous that for some reason that my, the scale is going to be so often I'm going to weigh in over. So, um, but running is definitely a thing for me, but everyone's bodies are, are completely different. Have you found, like, I find a, a, a lot of water intake helps me drop water weight significantly. Does that work? Something that works for you or are you just usually just dropping some calories? Um, that definitely works. And dropping calories isn't, for me at least, you know, it's not the, especially in powerlifting, because you need that energy, it's not the first thing that we go to. The first thing that we go to is adding in some fasted cardio, like running works for you. Um, Fasted cardio really works well for me, and it doesn't even have to be crazy hard, like you're sweating all over the place cardio. It's just to get your body moving in the morning. Um, So that helps me a lot. And then, you know, we try to drop calories a little bit, but nothing crazy and just see how my body responds to that, maybe add in a little bit more fasted cardio. Um, but in the cut is also different every time. I've cut a handful of times with my coach now, and each time is a little bit different. Sometimes we have to cut an okay amount of calories, and other times I don't have to cut much, and my body responds to it. So, you know, our bodies are constantly changing, and you guys kind of have to figure out what works for yourself. The same thing won't work for everybody. Yes, that is that is very, very true. So when you're on Instagram and watching all of these people doing certain things and all these different diet plans, remember that everyone's bodies are different. Nothing responds mm-hmm. what might work for. One thing that drives me nuts is when people ask, what are your macros? Well, why does it matter? <laughs> I'm a, what, what I eat for my macros might not work for you. Just because we weigh the same doesn't mean that that's going to be that's going to be what works um, as we're exactly as we're kind of heading into wrapping up here. And I know these shows always go by super quick when we're talking on them. Is there anything that you wanted to add in or advice you have for someone that's looking to get into powerlifting or something that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Sure. Um, one thing, you know, when I was debating between, I wanted to have a fitness goal and you know, I saw some videos of people powerlifting and thought, hey, I'm not even training for powerlifting, and I think I'm stronger than that. Um, you know, between maybe possibly wanting to do a bodybuilding show and, you know, the first person I went to for advice, he said, do you want to compete against yourself or compete against others? And that's something that I've always remembered. And I tell people that when they're thinking of what they want to do and, even though in powerlifting you are competing against others, you know, in a meet, but you're still competing against yourself to beat your last PR, to beat your last workout or something like that. And that's something that I enjoy. I'm competitive with myself, not necessarily other people. Um, Of course I like winning, but one thing I like about powerlifting is you can't fake it. You either lifted the weight or you didn't. Um, So I try really not to compare myself to other people um, because I can't do, you know, what you can do or what somebody else can do or what these pros can do. So I just try to compete really against myself. And I think that's something that has really helped me along my powerlifting journey. Um, Too much attention to what other people are doing and just 
continue to improve myself and improve on my list, and I think that's helped me a lot. Yeah, those are excellent points. It's something I like about powerlifting as well, especially coming from bodybuilding, is that there's, there's, it's not subjective. You go out mm-hmm. on the platform, you lift the weight, and if you lift the weight, then you'll place higher than someone that didn't lift the weight. <laughs> and you right. can really only blame yourself if you don't beat your last performance. So it is definitely a nice, a nice thing with powerlifting. It is you and only you, and great points for sure about beating yourself because in the end, there's always going to be someone that's better than you almost Mm -hmm. everything you do in life. So if you're constantly comparing yourself to others or trying to beat others, you're going to be very disappointed that someone's probably going to beat you. So definitely competing against yourself is, is key. But what, before we officially end, what are your plans for the rest of this year? Do you have any, are you going for nationals, any meets? I'm a little undecided on nationals because they are all the way in Washington state. Um, yep. so I, I don't know about that yet, but I am competing at the Chicago Fit Expo in June. So that's kind of all I have planned for now, considering nationals or not. So after June, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing, but definitely still training and I'll find, find another meet to compete at. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed that it was in all the way over there. It's like it, right across I know, the country. It's so far. <laughs> I was nice, like Atlanta was nice, Florida was nice, and like even like middle, like Texas would have been better, like Washington right. State is, is crazy, but I am in agreement with that. Well, good luck competing this year, and Thank if you, you, you do too. decide to do nationals, I know you're going to do awesome. I don't know whether I'm doing it, so I don't know whether I'd see you there anyway, but thank you for coming on, and yeah, I'll follow you throughout the year and hopefully get you back on in the future to update everyone. Okay, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.